0: performed by jason siegel and jason siegel may make an appearance on this episode quite literally not as peter anyway i am joined today by my two boys andrew and angelo how are you two doing uh, after concluding the show together
1: about, about that good huh <laughs> Yeah.
0: The long sigh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm I'm doing alright.
2: Good man. Uh, Angelo. Doing as good as I guess we could be in in uh <laughs> in the ending of uh a ten episode show, watching yeah. week
1: after week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. But is it the end?
0: But is it the end? That we don't know. Anyway, if you if this is the first time that you're joining us, uh this is a recap of the show Dispatches from Elsewhere an AMC original show uh, that takes place in Philadelphia, the city where we are from. And uh, again, uh, it's acted by Jason Segel, Sally Fields, uh, Andre 3000, or Andre Benjamin, uh, and Eve Lindley, uh, among other actors. And uh, yeah, we have reached the culminating point of our first season, and things got quite a bit wild there uh in episode 10 but in order to get there and discuss we have to get through episode 9 so let's talk a little bit about what happens uh in our second to last penultimate episode of season one of dispatches uh i'll let one of you two boys kick it off uh where do we leave off in episode eight and what do we have uh on the plate for episode number nine so episode
1: eight left off. Uh, Peter has one year to find himself, so that he can uh, date Simone. Um, sure. Let's mm-hmm. see. Uh, uh, Janice Janice's husband passed away, so now she's alone, facing the world by herself, and uh, Fredwin. Fredwin. <laughs>
0: It's out of his mind. Redman's batshit crazy. He
1: uh he, oh, yes. he snuck in and he found that uh Clara's uh grave was full of candy. Her urn mm-hmm. was full of candy. I think mm-hmm. that was I think that's where we where we left off. And, yeah. and so episode nine starts with uh, a time skip.
0: Yes, Almost called I, by you. I, I did call it. I mm-hmm. felt it
1: in my bones.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh there it was <clears throat> So it's a time skip now. Now Peter and uh, Simone are finally meeting up after after the one year. Um, You know, it's. I really don't. I really should have taken notes for this episode because I didn't expect it. I expected to be able to like retain as much, but Mm. but that didn't happen because of episode ten. So
0: (laughs) help help me out a little bit here. What what happens? What happens in the beginning? Right. So so yes, you you're you're correct. There's this time skip situation. Uh but it's it's a little further ahead. Uh we find out that that the present day, I guess, that we could say that the the our, our characters are in is a little after a year, we we find out uh maybe twenty-five, thirty minutes into the episode that Peter and Simone are already dating. Uh so it's been a little over that year mark or whatever Peter set out because he's he's a literal boy mm-hmm. and he takes things literally. Um but I think most important uh with the way that the show actually opens up is we have a new narrator. It is not Octavio Coleman Esquire, mm. it is Fredwin. That's right. Angelo, tell us about what Fredwin's got going on as narrator. Um I mean, pretty much that. I mean he he starts out
2: uh in this this beautiful blue blue suit. I know. Um, <laughs> and and he's just starts talking um to us and as Fredwin, I would I would mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I mean I guess what you're I mean we, he talks to I don't remember exactly what he says. I didn't write word for he word. He doesn't yeah. He he's just kinda talking to us about what, what had happened I Mm -hmm. guess during that year period Mm -hmm. and narrates that, narrates that year period. um, As we see Peter and Simone kind of doing their own thing. Um, We see uh, Peter is still going to therapy Mm -hmm. um, and we see Simone. uh, Was that, we saw Simone doing like a dance class.
0: Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. She's into, she's trying to, to, i don't know uh what's the best way to put this she put herself I, I, she, out I think there she, yeah yeah yeah. You know, come out of her shell a little bit be more comfortable in her own skin uh that that's her her sort of thing i guess that she gets into this dance class on on a roof of one of the buildings on broad street uh pretty nice i was like oh i know that place i've been there or i've been out, outside of there so that, that's that's cool um yeah, Fred Fredwin is our is our narrator now uh for the foreseeable future. Uh he does this whole episode and he does it strikingly well with a lot of good facial expressions, smiles, a lot of uh happy Fredwin going on, a lot of uh snapped fingers uh for scene transitions which I uh really appreciate and I really really loved. Um but yeah, he, he, I think one of the one of the key uh one of the key things that uh Fredwin states here is, is that uh he refers to and, and he very frequently interjects between scenes of what Peter's doing, what Simone's doing, Peter trying to, you know, make himself more convicted in his likes and dislikes. He's currently writing lists because that's what the therapist suggests. And Simone trying to come out of her skin. Fredwin will often interject uh and tell us about uh, stories uh, referring to the characters as Russian dolls. I thought this was a, a little interesting factoid that that he 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 sort of put out there, and how they're all made up of of little stories. I mean, none of these none of these events that are happening over this year are really super important until they the two of them cross paths uh, pretty uh, you know early on into into this episode. Uh, but they're just, you know, doing things for them and sort of uh, building themselves up in a way that uh, ultimately will benefit them uh, in the end. Janice, uh, we we do get a, a very early, one of the early flashbacks uh, as Fred to trying to explain this whole year time that since they, since Simone and uh, Peter broke it off, Janice is uh, hanging around with Simone. She's uh, she's sort of being like a, a really good friend and and encouraging her. Do you do you two remember that little walk they had outside of the uh, outside of the art museum? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's like right right behind us on um mm-hmm. on Kelly Drive.
0: Uh, yeah, overlooking the waterworks. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Very very nice nice shot. Uh, Simone tells Janice that she quit her master's program and her job. Uh, which is not, which is, I, I thought that was kind of surprising. Um, well, Simone pretty, stopped
2: showing up. She,
0: uh, right. Uh, right.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. And uh, Janice just says, you know, you got to stop running. If there's one thing we learned about Janice and in her her character arc, it's that she learned to stop running away from, or I guess, she, no, she sort of learned the opposite, I guess. Her young self was running away. Maybe check me on that. Was was that her thing? Learning to not run away or learning to stay.
1: For Janice or for Simone?
0: Yeah, for for Janice.
1: No, I think for Janice it was it was more like learning to accept herself for who she is Mm -hmm. and not like what she what she is. Like she's she kept defining herself as like a mother or like a, a a wife, but like she in doing so she's kind of like distancing herself from herself and from like who she really is and i think her arc was like realizing that she's more than just a wife or a -hmm. mother that she's like her own person
0: yeah yeah janice is cool in this episode janice uh janice gets a nice little uh little character boost she's she's very spunky despite missing her husband deeply uh she'll there there are, you know, a handful of, of scenes where she's walking around and she's like, I miss him so much, I wish he would come back. And then on the but... down low, she's
1: like, my husband dying is the best thing that ever fucking happened to me.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely <laughs> on the DL. Definitely. Um... So what what's what's Peter been up to, Angelo? I, talk t- walk <laughs> us through what Peter likes to do now.
2: Peter is has, has has gained a pretty big character boost, I'd say, as well. I mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we when we see him at therapy, which in general I noticed that it was still his work therapist, which was interesting, like because he's not oh, that's a good point at mm-hmm. work anymore. Um, beside that, anyway, he's still at therapy, um, and he's showing pretty pretty good growth um he definitely gets mad in his session um and pretty Mm -hmm. much exclaims that he he doesn't he pretty much has no purpose like he's just exclaiming that he doesn't really know what to do um and yeah essentially um we see that growth um we see him eating alone at uh 9th street down on 9th street um at at a little cafe somewhere, I don't know where. Um, It's
1: an Italian market, actually. Is
2: it really? Yeah, the on on 9th Street. Um, And uh, yeah, but essentially he, we see him while he's sitting there eating. Uh, He bumps, or Simone bumps into him, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. uh, he invites her to his magic show, which (laughs) he has taken up in his free time.
0: um, And not his own magic show, mind you—a yes. a showcase uh, for a class that's uh, predominantly children. <laughs> that Peter, Peter is also uh, working on his magic craft in. Uh, c- c- continue.
2: Correct, but so yes, he he uh, has been taking up a class um, and doing some magic, and him and Simone and start they start talking and they have the conversation about what he. Nope, I think I'm getting ahead of myself. What was when when did he show her his notebook?
0: Oh, that's that's after de- that's de- after the show, baby. Yeah, gotta get gotta go through the show first. This showed it.
1: Well, because remember, well, he,
0: I, he he tells her that he's making a like and likes and dislikes list. I guess if that and he doesn't physically show her the book though, or maybe she she oversees it and it's you know normal stuff. Peter's just trying to try a bunch of things because he doesn't understand what he likes or doesn't like. That's why you see the table of food that he has, and it's just a bunch of Italian dishes. Like, no, 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 no. Oh, sorry.
2: What I'm referring to is when they're at the magic show, and they're sitting down, um, and, and he's, he shows her what his Correct. likes were. Sorry, that was what I was referring yeah, to. But anyway, yeah. so Peter, they end up going to the magic show, um, and it kind of turns chaotic because Peter... Uh, Essentially his act was he's in a straitjacket underwater. Mm-hmm. Um and he just a regular has get, Houdini. Yeah, he just has to get out of it and as he's doing so he notices that Simone did end up coming to the the show, um, forgets completely how to do the trick and has to get <laughs> hammered out of the out of the box of water so he doesn't mm-hmm. die. Um and yeah, so that, that happens and after the show we see him Simone and Janice all kind of congregating, and um, Janice ends up leaving him, leaving them together to to discuss, because I would assume that that would have been, I guess, around the year mark where they realized that.
1: Yeah, I, I'd say it's probably I think it was. I think it was like a little bit before, like it wasn't exactly one year. Yeah, it, it was right.
2: around that time. It was like getting to the point where it's like, all right, I've grown, I've been doing a lot of things on my own, I'm still going to therapy, I'm learning how to kind of live on my own. Mm-hmm. Sort of. Um, and, and they have this, this nice long conversation. Um, and yeah, Peter, Peter opens up to her. And, uh, right. we, what I was saying was he, he opens his book and he talks about how the only things on his likes list was her being with her. And what was it? Her smile? I think. Yeah. Hmm. Her
0: laugh. Yeah. Something um, like her along those lines. Her yeah. reading it, her. I think one of them was her reading his list of likes, and then she laughs, and he says, "I did that one yeah. so that you, you would laugh, so I could hear your laugh." Yeah, it, it was it was cute. It was cute.
2: So, yeah, that was that's that's been his growth up until that point. Um, and and we ended up we we see that scene turn from them, um, down at Penn's Landing at the magic show to, them in the bedroom.
0: Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Mark and uh,
2: we had a saucy sex scene. Yeah, um, saucy. We do see that they're, they're both very nervous, and they talk about mm-hmm. how this is the first time in a while. Which, which was, which we found funny, was like just the thought of Peter having sex before in his life is like just hard to wrap my mind around because, like,
0: who knows who
2: was he before? Um, but yeah, so he ends up. This is the first time for him from for him in a while and then simone this is i think her first time right she up yep, she yeah. says she's never and um so yeah they they then they we they, see the they're they're standing and we see the bed come to them which was just which and um, it's
1: also in the blue void which i thought was a pretty cool set design yeah. piece
0: oh good point yep. i i didn't think about that, yeah. that can you describe that a little bit more like what's the what's the, the deal going on there?
1: So, I mean it's like it's just the same blue void that we see uh like Fredwin talking in. So I'm I'm assuming uh. that like this blue like the, the blue void is like some sort of um like happy place. I guess well, It's elsewhere. I yeah, guess it's elsewhere.
0: Maybe. But like I I I don't know. I mean we don't know we don't know specifically. I mean we'll see more of the blue void later on in the episode, but uh it's it's not, I think that's,
1: it's not quite like, um, explained.
0: Right. Well, I mean, we have the association with the color blue from the whole Clara plot mm. and, you know, they're both extremely happy. The color blue made Clara extremely happy. So I have to, you know, run the connection in my head that, uh, this is, you know, the happy color, despite it being associated with sadness mm-hmm. very frequently and, you know, color archetypes and all that. Um. But yeah, they, they, they do the deed, they're happy together, and then we cut back to this, you know, supposed present, where we see Peter sitting on a bench next to a man who has a, a, a newspaper that says one year later, <laughs> uh, ironically enough, and, and there's a, a mural initiative going on in Center City. I read the the uh, headline there, and I was like, oh, that's cool, you know, so everybody's into murals. I that's, guess whatever
1: happened great. worked whatever whatever I guess whatever happened worked. Yeah, I mean isn't that the whole point of like the game? Right. Was right. like discovering like your artistic side and also like a sense of community which like I guess murals mm-hmm. kind of blend the two together.
0: That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh but we quickly find out that this is not their anniversary. This is their game-aversary. Mm. Uh, Simone runs in with a uh, ping-pong paddle in hand, and Peter pulls out his light blue ping-pong paddle. And, uh, yeah, Janice will come meet up with them eventually, but what she's got a present for Peter uh, because she cares so much about their time in the game. This is when they were were good together before they needed to go through all the trials and tribulations of ultimately getting back together. Uh, so th- this this day I would imagine has a lot of significance to, you know, the two of them and Janice, um, and mm, probably not Fredwin. Uh, we'll get to him quite later. But uh, big old Peter mural all well, over one of the buildings.
2: Yeah, Peter has a gift for Simone. Oh, true, um, true. Which was just a book. It's just yeah,
0: her a, just her a little favorite book.
2: Yeah, and and she opens it and is. Is is happy and not as surprised as Peter will be because mm-hmm. she says, "Let me show you what I got you." And they turn around and walk to I don't know a couple feet and uh, yeah. and there it is on this huge huge apartment complex or wherever. Um, so there it is just just Peter on a, on a
0: mural. Can you describe it? It was what is he like? Cover? Is he surrounded by? Blue ping pong paddles? I, 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 maybe I'm not remembering it right. I know there's um, blue
2: involved. Like, it, there oh, yeah, was a of lot blue. of blue. Um, but, yeah, I don't... It, it was pretty much just a full body, maybe, like, up from... Up, up to his waist, a complete portrait. And then I I can't really remember exactly what was around it, but uh, mm-hmm. that maybe the paddles sound close to what might have been...
0: Yeah, I, I, I feel like I feel like he's at least holding the paddle in the picture. I know that. Uh, anyway, it is it, it it doesn't matter too much. Uh, that uh, but we know that it is of Peter and Peter is very 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 happy. Uh, this is the best gift that anybody has ever gotten him, which is not so not shocking. I mean, it's not every day that you get a mural as a gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd say that's pretty cool. It looked like one of those um, those like taped on murals though. Like that's not a permanent. Yeah, no, permanent probably not. Fixture. I I would like to think that there was a period of time in the city where that mural was actually there, but there's not a chance that that was real, right?
1: Uh probably not.
0: <laughs> Even for like a day,
1: it didn't look old- it didn't look real. It looked like it was no, like computer it- <laughs> generated. <laughs>
0: mhm. A couple things about Janice before Janice catches up with uh the two of them. She's back in college. Oh uh, yeah. That was when sweet. I oh it was sweet. I I was I was very happy for her. Um when she this is a good this is a good little callback, uh when she was at uh post magic show with Peter and Simone, uh she says, I'm gonna go uh let you two be alone so that Peter could uh open up to her and she says, Oh brochures, I love brochures. Um and in this scene where she's in college, it, it flashes back to her opening a brochure for uh City College. Which uh, she's working on a master's, maybe a PhD in like psych. It was cognitive.
2: Psych? It was cognitive Cogn- development theory. <laughs> Very was.
0: good. Very good. So psych. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, she's she's treating herself. She looks good. She's surrounded by a bunch of kids, and they like applaud her for getting the answer right. And she's like, "I'm just doing her." And I was like, "Yes, you go, Janice. I, I'm I'm so happy." Because I think of all the, the character arcs, hers was the easiest to see like the full uh, spectrum of where she started and where she ended. And, you know, other character arcs sort of get joggled and not necessarily concluded by the end of the season. Uh, but I feel like Janice's definitely did. And and this is, this is a good way to, I think, put a little bow on. She's like, she means business and she's she's happy to uh be herself now as you already said Andrew you know sneaky happy that her husband is dead
2: <laughs> i mean we we do see her talking to her younger self at yes. the college as well and and they talk briefly about um how this was this was a good choice and this this was definitely on the path toward i guess self growth and becoming who she wanted to be and so i guess we should assume that she didn't finish college or
0: i don't know maybe
2: maybe maybe i mean if if
0: maybe she just wanted to try something new baby
2: that's true i mean if her younger self had always talked to her about how she she just took the 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 i guess the wife path and just got married Mm, and had mm -hmm. kids yeah so maybe but um yeah no it was nice to see i think that's a fair assumption that she yeah. just, that she, she didn't go to school, that she just... Yeah. 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 I mean, with her age, I mean, during that time, it's, like, a lot of... Right. Stuff, a right. lot of people just didn't end up going to college, and they just ended up becoming house, house mothers, and just... Right, the, the stay-at-home. stay-at-home mom effect. Um. So, yeah, I mean, it was nice to see her younger self kind of applauding
0: her and, and, and talking her up for that mm-hmm. fact, but... Yeah. But, uh yeah she's in the middle of class and realizes oh it's game anniversary. she goes down and meets peter and simone and the three of them wonder where's fredwin where's our where's our friend where's our, our crazy conspiracy theorist um and they don't know so they go to his house and here we go spiraling into madness um andrew why don't you take it what what uh what's fredwyn been up to for an entire year so yeah he's been
1: like ever ever since finding out that clara's ashes weren't in her urn he's just been like mm. c- trying to contact every single uh uh morgue like essentially mm-hmm. in the world <laughs> yeah, yeah in the world in the world uh asking if like a clara torres had died and was like emitted there within, like, mm-hmm. the, the time of her alleged death, and uh, he finds out that, like, she wasn't. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, he, he... Basically, it's, like, this huge unsolvable puzzle for him that, like, drives him to insane. Like, he's not sleeping. He's not eating. Nope. He's just, like, completely gone off the deep end because this, this finally breaks him. Um, right. Which, I think this was one of the things in these episodes that really, like, bothered me. 'Cause oh, really? Fredwin's smarter than that, right? Like you know right. that he should have called Lee like first.
0: Yeah, no, that's I, a, that's like, a good why, point.
1: Why wouldn't he call Lee at all about this and be like, hey, so like who was Clara? I know you're lying. Or like confronted yeah. her because like that's what he would have done. That's what his character would have done before like driving himself into insanity. Right.
0: But anyway. Right, into a into a stupor. Yeah. Um so I digress.
1: I mean yeah, he, he he ends up like joining Octavio in this like other world, I guess, with the blue background. Yeah.
0: Well, he did, he we should we should point out he does see uh, a certain someone in his backyard before he goes into the blue void. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he sees the Mr. little clown boy. Mr. Clown Boy's there. Yeah, yeah. Uh and you know, I and I it, it just just to to reiterate the fact of how uncaged he is uh he doesn't even know his own name at one point it, we we get a lot of self-narration or i guess narr- just regular narration considering that uh fredwin is our narrator for this episode but fredwin he he asks himself what my last name is and and he he does not even know uh so that, that's just you know further showing to the extent at which he's been become obsessed with uh everything making M&M mandalas and like weird <laughs> crazy uh conspiracy boards he sees clown boy and now yes blue room with octavio uh, Coleman esquire mm-hmm. uh continue continue your thought what we uh, this is this is transcendence for Fred Wynn. are we happy that we've gotten here
1: no i mean it's mm. it's quite quite obviously a, a low point for him that this, mm. he's, he's, like, left his body somehow. He's, like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: able to view the universe. So, like, basically him in the beginning of the episode, like, narrating... Narrating this episode is him outside of his body doing this, like, weird, like, omniscient narrator thing. Right, right. It never really explained what happens, but it's pretty obvious that it, like has something to do with depression and him like breaking because when and remember this 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 happened over like a year. Right. Um right. so when when um the gang finally check up on him, they see him just in this like canatonic state on the couch, yeah. just yeah. hardly doing anything. So like with from his perspective he's like in this blue void but from their mm-hmm. perspective he's just um essentially brain dead on the couch
0: right right but in his conversations with octavio he says this is he's reached elsewhere which is really interesting mm-hmm. um he you know he he says things like i don't want to go back he questions whether or not he's real and that's where you start to maybe put the pieces together like Okay, maybe this is a this is you know a dream. This could be a thought experiment. This could be virtual reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're I I'm at the point there, especially when he doesn't know his name, where I'm like, what? It really is going on. Is this is this a real is this reality that we're viewing through this show? actual reality or is it some fabricated reality to the same extent that uh you know janice's memories were mm. shoved into uh a vr headset yeah I, that's where that's this is the point where i'm like he's in the okay, he's in the matrix yeah yeah That's exactly. i was
1: getting i was getting similar vibes there um mm-hmm. yeah and it, it that that made sense to me I think. Right. And that's kind of like yeah. how I ended this episode. I was like, okay, that's definitely where they're going with this.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I suppose, and there's more, I would say there's more clues uh, within the confines of the last, I don't know, 15 minutes or so of this episode that make you think that very same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they, they, they're able to arouse him from his catatonic state, and he tells them that they aren't real. Mm hmm. And it's like – and and Peter and Simone and Janice are, like, questioning this. Um, very emotional scene for Janice, by the way. She she is very, very, like, trying so hard to pull him back into uh, reality because, you know, we, we see shots back when, when he was holding Lev's hand. And, and she really – if you didn't know it already, he means so much to her uh, now that she has presumably, you know, herself and only herself um, – Fredwin is like top of the line in terms of who she might care about the most um and uh it's time we go back to Clara's house to uh confront the truth uh Angelo uh Lee's here and Lee's got some news for our our crew how about you go into that
2: um yes yeah, so Janice ends up pulling Fredwin out of this this state, um, and and he does. Um, he he's reluctant, but he he comes out, and I'm pretty sure he 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 just says we need to go to her house, um, and we need to know the truth or whatever. I think that's around what he said. Yes, yes. Um, time to know
0: the truth. Time to know the truth, says.
2: and so they end up going um and they meet Lee. Yep. Who is standing outside um and we end up getting a flashback. Flashback. Um, and it is a a large scene that that dives pretty deep into Lee and Clara as mm. a, a force working together at Bender Elmore on a project um that ends up becoming what was the VR headset that yes, Janice? Yes, the idea. Was... The idea of the the what what Janice was wearing in previous ep- the previous episode. Mm-hmm. Was that her? Was that Janice's episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode three. So essentially, we see them focusing on this project, which is known as the idea, um, and mm-hmm. they they we can see the 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 distraught um, nature that Clara becomes. It comes into because of the way that uh lee is talking to her about oh we could use it for this purpose and use it for this purpose essentially all these purposes end up becoming just a capitalism and and capitalizing Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. ad marketing and 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 consumerism and just a bunch of different things um and so you can see that clara is is visibly upset and and then um you can see that Lee is is getting more and more engrossed, and then mm-hmm. we end up seeing all of them in a boardroom. We see Octavio, Clara, and Lee in a boardroom, right? And we see Octavio speaking to what this, the idea is, what mm-hmm. the VR headset is, mm-hmm. um, and everybody in the in the boardroom who I guess is their investors or, or some something, uh, they end up trying on the headset and and. Uh, we have Octavio talking about what it does and, and showing the slideshow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Octavio kind of turns it over to the creator. Um, mm-hmm. And he ends up throwing the bomb on us that he, he calls her up and he calls up Clara. Mm-hmm. And we see
0: Lee show up. Correct? Well, well, Lee's next to Clara. And Lee looks down at Clara, and Clara's no longer there. So, ta-frickin-da, they are one and the same. Yes, um, so when
2: he calls yeah. Clara up, Lee walks up um, next to Octavio, um, and there it is. We know that they are one and the same, um, oh. and we see her visibly upset, and she storms out of out of the conference room. Um, right. And We that's... saw
0: this scene in the past. By the way, of her running out of the conference room. Yes, and yes. In Lee's episode, on the streets. Yeah. What's
2: that? In Lee's episode. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Um, so we, we know the context of exactly what happened, and it, it turns out that Lee was not listening to her younger self, mm-hmm. which was Clara, and and um, yeah, she she storms out, and right. now we know the truth that Lee is Clara.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, the premise the premise of the idea. Uh, to to uh, enlarge that a little bit is is young Clara, while she was still a separate entity in the show from Lee, uh, says the, the point of it is to engage the world um, and to not retreat from it. She wants to provide uh, the users, uh, I guess of the headset and escape from reality and escape to elsewhere some divine nonchalance, all that good stuff that we've learned uh, throughout watching the the show but it ultimately uh when octavio's describing it comes down to the fact that people don't really want to change the world what they want to do is live in their memories and not learn from them and sort of be beholden to just their their pasts and it sort of goes against everything that clara was all about this is ultimately what drove her uh to darkness because that you know that was a thing that she talked about in her episode in the clara episode episode five um that this translate transformation from clara when uh quote-unquote to lee quote-unquote they are the same person they have a different name uh they don't look at all the same and that's why i'm frustrated that i didn't know that it was actually they were one and the same but i'll put that aside that's why i thought different things but whatever (laughs) Um, yeah, she, it's, it's, it's shit. It's, it's not, it's not what she wants. It's not what she was hoping to do in her 10 years of producing this product. And that's why she, uh, feels very, very bad about it. Um, she feels, and this truth. She feels used yeah, and
1: abused.
0: Used and abused. Correct. And this truth about Lee being Clara, uh, becomes... to the the entirety of the team uh even though Fredwin has reached that conclusion and that's why ultimately they were driven uh to clara slash lee's house um but yeah there you go angelo you said it they're one in the same this is our creator this is the uh i don't know that clara the macguffin of the entire show is like not that her death is not a thing that was just sort of yeah. She, never, a physi- little...
2: she never physically died. She just correct. Spiritually, just turned into yeah.
0: Right, spiritually died. That's that's a good way to put it. Um, and uh, we don't lo- we don't leave the episode without an another appearance by our favorite little boy, the clown, mm-hmm. clown kid. He's there, um, and Peter says, "I gotta go with him," <laughs> and they walk away. And that's it. Well, Episode nine in the well,
1: books. Well, wait a minute, because like <laughs> they asked her, like, well, why did you do it, or something like that, or
0: uh, yeah, what does it sure. all
1: mean, or something like that. And then she goes, "Oh, you have to ask him." And then points to the little clown boy who's just been in the background every oh. like every once in a while in this season. Yep. <laughs> and that's that's you're gonna
0: you're gonna have to ask him. Yeah, the boy.
1: And then that's pretty. Clown boy. That's it. That's it. That's, that's all it. we get from this story. <laughs>
0: Because, Put a bow on it
1: because the next episode,
0: mm-hmm. we going right in. We going. We just gonna. We might, we just as, gonna... Well,
1: we might as well just get it over with. Like I, ugh, I feel so dirty.
0: I yeah, feel the e- story I proper. Feel used. The story proper is is over, folks. Uh, episode episodes one through nine is this uh, this whole experience within the city of Philadelphia, and uh, we are about to be pulled right out of that bubble and into IRL, but we have a short, uh, a short, what's the word? What is, what is Rod Serling say, uh, in the twilight zone opening a short, um, I don't know. Let's call it a short dispatch into uh, the twilight <laughs> zone because we've got a, we've got a nice hefty black and white scene about the clown boy because we still don't know who he is but yes i i feel i feel used by and abused by this, this show <laughs> i think that's a good way to to put it well especially um,
1: i mean okay so the show the the 10th episode starts out and i i'm still like in it i'm like oh okay i get it so we we get this kid who's like addicted to television who's like watching all these actors and saying like oh i want to do that that's i want to do that I want to be an actor, not just a TV show actor, not just a movie actor, but like I want to just act period. Right. Um so he like refines his uh skill set by taking like acting classes and like dance classes mm-hmm. just to become the ultimate entertainer. Correct. And so he he finally he works up the courage, I guess, to uh audition for a uh uh, like a traveling vaudeville show i guess it's also very like uh i don't know when this is supposed to take place it looks like the 50s but then it, uh, it is the f- it is the 50s i think it, but it's it the mid 50s yeah mid it would not be because that character is jason
0: no oh well mm, yeah, yeah 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 um <laughs> at the end of episode nine, here, uh, I we didn't we didn't talk about this, but the screen starts to like fuzz out as if like somebody's wearing a headset and the the picture is being distorted. And this is at the point where I'm like, oh my god, okay, it was just Peter the whole time wearing the goggles, exactly and experiencing okay. these memories. Yes. Here we go.
1: That was definitely like what I thought they were going for there. I'm like, after episode mm-hmm. nine, I'm like, okay, this is great because this that means this entire thing happened in like. The past, because, like, the idea is supposed to take memories, and, like... Uh-huh. So I'm like, oh, okay, so what's happening here? What's going on? This is setting up a really good last episode. And then yeah. it goes into the little clown boy's history, and I'm like, okay, yeah, that's, that's definitely Peter. That's still Peter.
0: Correct, correct. I, I, think, I think we are... It, the pieces are falling in. Uh, references are being made throughout the start of this tenth episode. Uh, this clown boy... Uh, has his his purpose, he's fulfilled, he loves doing things, uh, he takes things very literal, and you're like, oh, this is our boy, this is Peter, and we watch this clown boy be driven into apathy, into...
1: The, uh, the clutches of alcoholism. The boy starts drinking. He starts drinking the milk, baby. Well, not just milk, he's drinking, like, liquor, too.
0: It does, is he, does he actually drink liquor? Uh, Yeah, let's, let's go back, let's go back and, and connect this. Yes, he's a vaudeville, he's a vaudeville actor, and let's say that this takes place in the 50s. I know it doesn't line up if it is Peter, because Peter's present day and he's like 40, Mm -hmm. and that's like 70 years ago, so like, how? Mm -hmm. But anyway, let's just, let's just accept that it's in the 50s, and this kid is famous for his flips.
1: Yeah, he's singing, he lo- he's singing, Um. Yeah. oh God, what's that song from Singing in the Rain that he's singing?
0: Make him laugh, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. make him laugh.
1: <laughs> so yeah, he just does, the, he, he has that one song that he's, oh, and he's hired by Octavio Coleman Esquire. That's the man's Correct. name. Not played Correct. by Richard E. Grant, but that's the man's name is Octavio Coleman Esquire, which is the first hint that we get that like, okay, so I guess what happened before was like not, mm-hmm. didn't happen or like is based off of something that happened. Okay, mm. fine. So we get him. He's just like doing the sh- the same shtick over and over again, and he's like starting to get like tired of it, and he's fe- he's feeling used and abused. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to the going into the carton, drinking a lot of chocolate milk. A lot of chocolate milk, which you know, of course, chocolate milk. It's been in the show since like episode one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah. So drank by one particular character, and this is where I'm at the point of being like, oh, the milkman! <laughs> is the voyeur in P- in the Peter story, and, like, the milkman is Peter, is Peter, is Clown Boy, and I'm like, ding, ding, ding. I got it. I locked it in, folks. Yeah. I was, like, so confident that that was what it was. Mm-hmm. And,
1: uh... Yeah, we get... I got the rug. We get another... We me. get another uh, animation of him, like, yes. doing his thing. Yeah. And th- that, that animation's where you see him, like, drinking. mm mm-hmm. Um, well, he
0: has a flask, but I think it has a cow on it. That's that's why I was like, oh, maybe it's not alcohol. Did it mean, have it a cow? On it? Actually, just uh, yeah, I think it had a cow on it. Angela, do you, do you remember whether I, it had a cow? I I believe
2: on it? it had some marking that it was milk. I mean, they I think they stayed consistent throughout the cartoon that it, like it 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 stayed milk, but it it increasingly got to the point where it made it look like it was alcohol, but they just mm-hmm. stayed milk, like it like he became. Mm-hmm. I guess they got to a point where it's like he was drinking it like an alcoholic, but it was it right. was still milk. Right. So yes,
0: binge drinking chocolate milk. Yeah. Um. Yes, because it's it's an allegory, uh, as we'll find out in you know approximately five minutes.
1: Yeah, because we find um, out later on that that. Well, oh, we'll get there when we get there. Anyway. Yes, yes. So yeah, he's like, uh, he he has one more performance until he's like, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he just like is not into it. Everyone boos him. He like smashes his head in essentially by like Dude, failing to that, do a
0: flip <laughs> i thought he broke his neck i was like oh my like, god I was like, he's dead that kid is dead but mm-hmm. nah, he's not that he's good he's, he's up he's well nice. no he has a conversation with with octavio the octavio in this in this what i am going to call no this is like a this is a weird other universe i'm not even gonna give it the time of day um <laughs> he, he, he wants to do a sad song. All he ever does is comedy. Like he likes to make people laugh in his show. Um, that's why he's a clown boy. Uh, but he wanted to do a sad song and, and Coleman Esquire's like, boy, this is your last show. We're going to go off with a bang. You're going to do your act. You're going to do a flip because that's what people come there to see. They want to see you do a flip. And he's like, Oh, okay. And yeah. And the whole show is garbage i mean he has a little inner monologue with himself at the end uh or right before the right before the show in the mirror um and he's like you know this is the end right he talks to himself uh he he knows he's very down he's got these bad feelings he's uh dejected he's he's uh, you know very very much abused in, in i think a way i i believe i mean this is a pretty common among child actors i mean I can't say that I'm a child actor, I know a child actor, but I've heard I've heard the stories that like they can be pretty much, you know, used for anything and then sort of tossed away like nothing ultimately, which is ultimately what happens to uh clown boy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's like an, a serious issue that like is going on mm-hmm. in Hollywood, that has always gone on in Hollywood and that continues to go on in Hollywood where like these kids are being like used and abused and <sighs> I don't know. It's sad, and I guess like that's that's like what they were they're trying to like show, right? Um, but anyway, um, we're 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 made to believe that's Peter. That was Peter's backstory.
0: Yes, m- made made to believe. But who actually is it, Angelo? Our transition to uh, what I will refer to as the the first level of reality. Not the zeroth level, but I'll say I'll call this real. Let's call this reality one. Who is Peter actually? Um, a clown boy. actually, So I guess from I the say. end
2: of clown boy's scene, um, we see him laying on the stage floor, um, and mm. some guy walks up to him and says, uh, "Octavio." This is from Octavio, and just drops a big your bag money, kid. of money. Big bag of money. Um, and that's the end of that. And we see a shot directly after uh, just straight on Peter's face and only Peter's face. Um, and we see him talking about, uh, I, 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 didn't write everything down, but he was, he was just talking about his, his troubles. And essentially uh, it, it turns out that it was an AA meeting. Um, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. at the end of his, his dialogue at that meeting, um, they say, thank you, Jason, Mm-hmm. And that's where we jump into uh the reality where this is Jason Siegel at AA. Yeah um, and we end up seeing him vulnerable as as Jason Siegel, not as Peter anymore. Peter's mm-hmm. character has now subsided, and we do not yep. see Peter anymore in this episode. But we see Peter, or sorry, we see Jason um, at mm-hmm. the table where, like, the coffee is at, like, an AA meeting, um, and we see Simone, as Simone, walk up Correct. to him um, mm-hmm. and meet Jason Siegel for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we, we see this interaction between the two um, meeting, uh, yeah. and from there, Simone takes him... To her, I guess workplace slash home is where where she's mm-hmm. currently residing. Um, it's, it was yeah. called um, uh, the Barn of
0: Beautiful Barn Things. Of Be- mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, to to mirror to mirror the way they met in what I will refer to uh, later on in this podcast as Reality Two, <laughs> which is the reality that we knew about for the entirety of the first nine episodes. Uh, they met in the store of beautiful things. So naturally, and I sort of saw this one coming. The Beautiful things is an appropriate way. Um, Simone, like you said, is Simone um, has similar hobbies, but I would say this this Simone is is a lot um, a lot different in uh, terms of self confidence. Uh, she is very uh, convicted. She knows herself a lot more than um, I would say the character in the first nine episodes does, and you're you're starting to see uh as we're building this the the boundaries of this reality one that um this is an example this simone is an example um but not necessarily the same person as she was despite having the same name um as she was in in reality two she's she's quite a bit different i would say
2: yeah she's definitely more forthcoming and and, and mm-hmm. we, we see the growth that she's I mean, granted, this is a totally different Simone that we're meeting, but we see this, this, I guess, growth that this, this current Simone has made through possibly AA, possibly through therapy, possibly through her work of, of different art that she's, she's been making at this barn and at her workplace, wherever that was. Um, So yeah, we, we see her definitely a lot, a lot more content with herself. And I guess she takes Peter kind of under her wing. Um. Or sorry, I keep saying Peter, but she took mm-hmm. takes Jason, Jason under her wing after that AA meeting to kind of have him understand that um that his problems aren't unique, and that's kind of a theme of this episode. Um, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. she they they sit down and they talk. Uh, she essentially asks him to write down um things that he loves. hmm And. Mm-hmm. Jason's answer is spooky <laughs> and yeah. surprises, um, and <laughs> right. that's that's it. And uh, essentially, this is just like a, a a a workshop to try to get Jason to to open up to to her. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's very interesting. I doing? got a little mad here.
0: I got a little mad here. She she asks him to write down what he likes, and he writes down spooky and surprises, and then like it's been. Ten seconds max, and he's like, "Oh, I can't come up with anything else." Like, (laughs) you got to take a little bit more time, bro. But well, I mean, that's the thing is
1: like he he doesn't he can't think of what he likes because he's just in this like depressive state, assuming because assuming that because of like what happened when he was a quote unquote child. Mm -hmm. Because now we're led to believe that like the the clown boy was Jason Siegel as a kid,
0: right what was your what was your take here andrew when when this when this thing shifts on its head and and we're in we enter this reality one where Jason Siegel is jason Siegel uh how did that make you feel um I was
1: uh, confused at first, and mm-hmm. then I was like, okay, I see what they're doing here and I was like as long as they like kind of like bring it back to the story, I think it would work hmm but they don't. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. Yeah. Um I mean I think yeah. it's interesting because like what they're trying to do here is just trying to show um how we how essentially like Jason gets to where he is. He's trying to show like p- where the story comes from and how it was like um inspired. So Right. Right uh Simone like gives him a postcard to do the the game.
0: Well, yeah yeah I, oh yeah it is to do the game, isn't it? Yeah.
1: So he she sends him to uh Philadelphia. Yeah. to partake in uh the game. And so like we see some characters that we saw in the uh uh in the show earlier. So like the the concierge at the hotel was the same concierge at like the orientation Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. We see. We've
0: been expecting you, Mister Seagull. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So like, oh, the the waitress at like the the weird like underground speakeasy cafe was the same waitress from the diner. Hmm. Um. Yeah. But yeah, so like she she sends him to go on like this this uh, journey that she's like, oh, this helped me out, so maybe it'll help you out. It kind of like helped her like discover herself and discover her like creative side which is like helped her right. through her alcoholism. I'm assuming that that's definitely mm. like what it what it seems like they were trying to uh right, right uh put across right. there. Um so yeah, I'm I'm trying to remember the the exact order. So like they he goes to uh mm. the 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 building to the yep. um oh, and that's right. He goes to the ho- the the hotel room which was the the jejune suite.
0: Yes, the, the jejun room in the and and what's our, our, our concierge says, enjoy your stay in divine nonchalance. At this point, things are getting a, a bit heavy handed, uh, if, if you don't mind me saying, uh, dropping hints about like, oh, look at all these building blocks that we've learned from out throughout the you know, first nine episodes, all these references, uh, things mirroring ex- almost exactly the same. Uh, this Jason Siegel, uh, is about to embark on his own version of the game. And you're right. He, he starts in this, this hotel room and, uh, this, I'm, I'm going to, I want to talk about later on in the, in the pod about Jason Siegel's interview on Stephen Colbert. Um, I know we've, we've seen it a time or two. Angelo and I were, were talking about it the other day, but, uh. This event that he's about to embark on is mirroring quite literally the events that he himself, Jason Siegel, in uh, real reality, reality zero, uh, <laughs> our <he's> reality, experienced <laughs> our reality. Yes, us, the people. Uh, he experienced this in uh, San Francisco, but uh, yeah, I, I can continue now that he's he's in the hotel suite. He's got his his starting point. Also,
2: I, I just wanna I wanna interject that I little little details that I just thought was really interesting and and fun was that um, the the hotel that they use is the Divine Lorraine. Huh. Mm-hmm. The actual hotel is the Divine Lorraine, but oh, okay. they use it as the 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 moniker of the Divine Nonchalance. Right. And right. and they and then they they ended up. I the the June suite, which we we ended up we talked about. But mm-hmm. anyway, sorry, continue.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So what's he gonna do, Andrew? What's he gonna do? Well, he gets a call, doesn't he? Uh no, I don't think it's a call. I think he he has like a yeah like that, a note on his bed or something. Oh, he, he does get a call he after a call. he sees a note.
1: Yeah, I forget. I I I don't quite remember where it goes from there. Does it go right to There's the diner? All I,
0: all I remember about the phone call is that it calls him Norman. Yeah. And says you got to go to. So this diner Norman See you later. Yeah, he do like, they okay. do
2: they do say um something about not making you seem stupid or not uh oh, right. correct I forget yes. exactly. No but...
0: one will make you seem stupid yes. when he goes to uh 112 North 18th Street at 10:03 a.m. the next day mm-hmm. uh as Norman. Uh but yes, he he goes to the diner first. That's our our starting
1: point. Yeah, it's like this weird underground speakeasy diner. Everybody in there probably actors um he walks in he's like uh norman your change is uh is on the counter or whatever mm-hmm. or no you have mm-hmm. to pay you have to pay with like your phone and your wallet <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the change is on the counter it was just like a uh like a cell phone i think
0: a razor baby yeah. It was a razor it was like a a motorola razor
1: and like a a coin similar yeah, to like the that one that says the... says what uh-huh. what does it
0: say it says the it says the music shall set you free um so, yes very similar to the one that uh simone and Pierre got mm-hmm, from- to play on the jukebox yeah.
1: um so they he goes to the jukebox he finds a a, a track that's like divine nonchalance or something like that
0: mm-hmm.
1: plays it and it opens a door right yep yep um oh does he he gets another coin too doesn't he from that
0: um or is that later well he, I don't know if he gets another coin or if it's just yeah, the he coin does. just
2: comes out. Yeah, nope, he gets another coin because when he open when that door opens and he walks out, he ends up um he gets I think another call um mm-hmm. something regarding the milkman where he has to chase. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then he ends up uh getting down to an alleyway where it says look down or he gets a something that says look down and it says look up and then it it uh Essentially you see the two uh elegant squatches on the Uh well yeah, not, yes. not the elegant the, squatch
0: the, the elegant squatch and Yeti. Yeah. Um it's, there we, there is only one elegant squatch. Let's let um, it be you
2: known. Wait, no. Not that order.
0: Well he gives he gives the coin to uh got, no, that's that's la- that's later. That's later. He gives the coin to like After a homeless
1: man, man or something like that and the homeless and then man he was says, like, you need it more.
0: Right. Yeah. Well Oh, oh! you know what? Ta-da. He gets the second coin from... Okay, yes. Pays the coin, opens the door, goes, looks up, sees the Yeti, or, or looks down to look up, sees the Yeti, sees Elegant Squatch. They toss him an ice ball.
1: Oh, so, we, yeah, yeah. talk yeah. about the ice ball?
0: Yeah. The ice ball. He drops it in a cup of hot tea because he's got to get the contents. I don't know why he doesn't just shatter the damn ball. Beats me. But in the guy. ice ball... There's a coin for the Elsewhere Arcade. And that is when he gives said coin to said man, who... Well, actually, that's when he runs...
1: Chases uh, the Milkman. That's
0: when he chases the Milkman. Yes. He's got the coin for the arcade. Uh, Phone says, you got 45 seconds. The Milkman will show you the way. He chases the Milkman. He loses the Milkman. And now he's in an alley with a homeless guy. Or presumably a homeless guy. Mm -hmm. And then he does stuff with the coin. and, And I'll let you let you let you boys take it from
2: there. <laughs> well, uh, essentially it tells him to look up and we see the we see the the squiggly arrows that point all the way up to the top of the the building that he's in the alleyway um and he he begrudgingly goes all the way up and and exclaims that he was out of shape. Um and mm-hmm. as he gets up to the top, it, you just see a uh standalone arcade console.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Important to note, the, the homeless man who he gives the change to uh, that tells him to uh, let it burn, that's the key, that's the, a, a key thing that happens in the next three minutes, says let it burn and points up to the sky, and that's how he sees these, these squigglies, but now he's presented with this arcade cabinet. Here we are, time to play a game on a roof. Puts the elsewhere coin in, and we've got some nice little... uh. 8-bit style, definitely not a real arcade game, arcade game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Got a he's, dragon, got, he's a got boy, got four, four lives. Four, four lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so four. he's just trying to get to like the end of the 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 screen, There's just like a little door, but every time he jumps over this mm-hmm. lava pit, this uh dragon comes up and eats him. So he goes down to his mm-hmm. last life and then he like remembers what the homeless guy says and so he jumps in the lava and yep. he wins the level. <laughs>
0: That's it. He did it. Yeah,
1: and then so then he let it burn. Then it, um, there was like some prompts that pop up and ask him like a few questions. I don't know if you guys remember what those mm-hmm. questions today.
0: Uh it's just like it, it asks him. Uh, you know, it is this. Did, did you see your future? Um, he says yes. So that's gets really. That's a really dark start, um, considering what he just did to the guy. You know, committing this suicide ultimately of of jumping off this cliff into his own demise to complete the level um it asks if he's scared he says yes and it's like oh god i, I i'm not liking where this is going uh he he's getting eff- effectively roasted by this arcade cabinet and uh it's telling him stuff that he doesn't want to to hear and he becomes very much uh uncaged again uh he was enjoying this 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 wild ride the entire time, and now this cabinet is telling him what to think and how to feel. And he just feels bad again, uh, feels dejected, sits down in a fold out chair that's uh, there. And through the door comes our friend Janice, um, is just there. Yeah. Says, Peter, 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 it's okay, it's okay. Like, we're cool. Like you're you're doing fine. Well, not, you're doing not great. Not Peter. Not Peter. Oh, J- Jason. Jason, <laughs> Jason. 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 It's great. You're doing. You're doing great. Um, she asked him a couple questions. Um, and ultimately the the one takeaway that I got is she says um. The the last question that was being repeated over and over and over by the arcade cabinet. Um, she says the only thing we need to know at any given time is dot 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 dot. And on the arcade cabinet, the there was there were two answers, but they were the same. Uh, and it's ultimately what to do next. So Janice is just here to to I guess push him in the right direction to like move on to the next thing. Uh, you know, keep going. I mean, this is this is this is Janice's character. The like now now she's like. Still, but this is not the same Janice. This is this is reality one Janice as opposed to reality two Janice. And she doesn't really do anything else other than that. And she tells him that, you know, his pain's not unique to him. She gives him counsel and he feels good. He feels better. He still kind of feels bad. He's still confused about his life. Um, And she she just, you know, she says, pass it forward. Pass it forward. And, and I think that's when we take our four-month cut. Into the future to realize what the point of this whole thing was.
1: Yeah, so uh, I'm
0: lobbing up the softball to both <laughs> to, to either J- you. you, you take it.
1: Jason, Jason comes to Simone. He's like, "Hey, I wrote this screenplay. Can you read it?
0: <gasps> screenplay
1: is Dispatches from Elsewhere, probably the show that we've been watching for the last two months."
0: Ba-dum-tah.
1: Um, she, yeah. So that's that's pretty much. Wow, the 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 meat and potatoes of it is like yeah he he wrote this story to make him right uh, to to help him like get over this like creative hump that he's uh, been like mired through. Um, he he's trying to get some like uh, feedback from from Simone, and she's just like, it's good, but like not not great or something like that something along those lines and he's just like oh you hate it i'm so sorry you hate it it needs something Mm. it needs another it needs something else yeah it
0: needs another scene she's like
1: it needs another scene because like she didn't like the ending essentially she she didn't she was confused by the ending which you know what i think this might be like an honest to god like admission from jason siegel that like he did not know how to fucking end this show (laughs)
0: Uh, yeah, I think that's a I think that's a great <laughs> that's a great way to put it
1: um, because like because the show didn't end like
0: th- what we get from
1: the story is just like oh like I need, need Peter had to like go because like un- unknown he just had to uh, uh, yep, leave just had to follow the boy he had to follow the boy that's where it ends and we never we never actually go and see the the uh, the the end of that story. Um, but instead, we get this like whole story about how Jason, I guess, wrote the show and like. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, it's also like part mostly fiction too, because like Simone right. and and uh, Fred Fredwin's there. I'm guessing it's Fredwin, mm-hmm. or maybe it's supposed to be Andre Benjamin. I'm not entirely sure. It was unclear. Dude,
0: dude, dude. <laughs> Who knows? Because he, he's like uh, he's like
1: trying to. Get Andre on board. We call let's call him let's just call him Fredwin since everybody else is their character still. Cor- correct. correct. He's trying to get Fredwin on board with the with the show. Mm-hmm. Um and then later on uh I don't think there's anything after that other than like the the him talking to the little boy again.
0: Oh, we gotta go we gotta go into that, baby. Yeah. We gotta we gotta crack that egg.
1: Yeah, so he's pretty much just like confronting this the the little boy. Release
0: me! Release me! Yeah, release me! Yeah, that's, that's
1: what he's saying, pretty much. The little voice, the the like, that's what the clown's saying. Yeah, he's like, look, you gotta let it, you gotta let it go. You gotta, like, I'm, I'm not that big of a deal. Like, but mostly what, what you saw in the beginning of the episode isn't actually true anyway. Mm-hmm. So there's another thing that didn't really fucking matter now,
0: dude. Clown Boy, Clown Boy goes off on this, on this guy, absolutely destroys him, says, you got to grow the fuck up. This is the only episode in the show that had a language warning (laughs) before it. And it's just because of the way that this Clown Boy talks to him. He just absolutely goes off. He says, you know, you don't, you know, don't feel sad about your, you know, don't feel sorry for yourself. You're just being, you know, a shitty person, and you know, you need to let me go," says the clown boy. The the clown boy is this, as we as we previously noted, this this representation of Jason Siegel. Um not literally Jason Siegel, I think we need to confront because obviously Jason Siegel was not a child actor in the 1950s, but it doesn't really matter because it's just this. And an adaption of showing, yeah, when when Jason Segel was hot on the scene, when he was writing, forgetting Sarah Marshall and the Muppets. Ultimately, you know his uh, his you know desire to make people laugh, i.e., what the clown boy is singing about. Uh, ultimately, drives him to be a more fake kind of person, feeling he has to put on this face, tell all these jokes that he doesn't really care to actually talk about and that's where we're we're realizing that like peter needs to conquer this demon damn it (laughs) damn it damn
1: it yeah it's i'm
0: absolutely i'm absolutely stuck in in calling him by his character because i don't think i want it to be the reality that it actually is.
1: Well, I mean, I guess the point is, is like it doesn't really matter because Peter is supposed to be Jason. I think like every one of those characters was supposed to be Jason. That's why they say like imagine this character is you. Imagine that this person is you because like the whole point, the whole the whole time is like he's talking to himself because like this that's like what the show ultimately is about is like it's a very personal like account of him like trying to beat his depression um mm-hmm. because he uh is feeling like he sold himself out
0: right this is his catharsis yeah
1: so on one hand like i appreciate that and i think like in that sense it works but like story-wise it still just didn't make much sense and it just felt it didn't feel deserved like i feel like if they they like did a better job of setting this up it would have been better mm-hmm. Tell me about it. Made us make, make us think that, like, this all happened within the idea, but also, like, leave enough there to be, like, oh, this totally makes sense that this is, like, reality and not, uh, like, some, some other reality. I don't know. Yeah. But, like... It, you gotta...
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... Keep, keep going.
1: That pretty much ends that story, and then we, like, <laughs> zoom out a little bit more to, like, Jason and, like, the cast members and like hey so uh thank you for watching the show <laughs> um oh oh wait the little clown boy like he finally learned to let go with the little clown boy he's like mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. call me if you decide to write another muppets movie <laughs> <laughs>
0: my God. great great line he's got his little like uh what's b- a bindle is that what that's called Yeah. a little like bag over a stick a yeah. <laughs> clown boy clown boy went from like maybe what my least favorite character to like pretty high up there just because he like is you know I don't give a shit I'm gonna come down on you kind of attitude um but yeah yeah he he he, Peter does learn to to let go he says you know there's no victim there's no villain it's just me and his choices me and my choices Mm -hmm. damn it I said Peter again Jason uh yeah Jason Jason's coming to coming to terms with with it um Clownboy set him straight um right and ah uh, yes the the final final scene
1: yeah the
0: the, the zoom out yeah, there's this, like
1: okay so they're just kind of like the the cast members are just hanging out and being like uh so, so it's like uh uh eve linley uh jason siegel andre benjamin and uh sally field are just kind of like hanging out on these lawn chairs on this hill and they're like thank you for watching the show um here's everybody that worked on it and so like there's the whole like cast and crew yeah fun and they're like remember they're like okay but it's not really over because uh i told you to like imagine that this person was you so now like they showed a bunch of like actual people saying that line Mm
0: -hmm. angelo Mm -hmm. you, you can you can talk to that you tell us about the tell everybody about the website if they weren't familiar with the website
2: um yeah I mean you you could have gone on I forget the actual actual website um but essentially what you would do is you would go onto the website and you could oh it's called the storewithbeautifulthings.com um and essentially it was you could go film yourself saying the script that you hear everybody saying at the end um and then it's like you're kind of like inducted into the elsewhere society and essentially this this whole montage monolo- or this whole uh, um montage is of a bunch of different people who have done this and they they've submitted their response to this to the script and they they say the say it and then it's just an overlap of all these different people saying it um and then they they, they end up doing another montage of everyone saying we um and that's that's
0: right. Right. Well, there is there is a um, you know, uh, it's it wraps up, it wraps up a little, a little uh, differently. There there is another little thing right before <laughs> we get that that pan out. Um, you know, he he talked about he, we have he has to confront why he wrote this whole thing, and. You know, he ultimately comes down on whether, like, he knew that he wanted to write about it. And the point is, he's in this creative funk since the Muppets movie, which in real time was like eight years ago. So if this is, if we're translating this to when he wrote this show, um, he doesn't know, he, he he admits he doesn't know if he actually found himself um, or... But he just knew that he, he needed to, to write about it in, in this experience. He, he had to take something, something out of it. Um, and uh, he says it, it's, it's ultimately about, like, the whole point of the story is, and this is Jason Siegel in Reality 1, not before we pan out, saying that, like, it's ultimately about knowing when to, to ask for help, uh, because clearly he he needed help all that time and and didn't have anything um but we do get a look at uh the culmination of him like he looks back at the the memory wall. We we get the memory wall quite a few times um throughout this episode that you know the all the boob tube TVs um and everything that was going on in the game and, and him re reliving all this all these these good good times. And um, it, it is annoying to me. Uh, Andrew, you've already said it, but yes, we zoom out to the four of them. Uh, and you refer to them by their, their real life names, but, and Angelo, we've talked about this, they're referred to amongst the four of them when they're having a conversation. Before we even talk about the cast and crew, they refer to Janice, Sally Field, as Janice still, and Fredwin as Fredwin still. So we're not even admitting that it's the the actors Andre Benjamin and Sally Fields. They never once say their name. It's just Jason Siegel. Very very strange to me. But you, I want to I want to keep hearing your your takes. I, I'm 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 a little disjointed here. I'm a little jarred because that's how I felt upon this whole ending here.
1: I mean. I- I'm not like, I don't. I don't dislike how like it ended in that like, the whole pan out like the the world within the world within the world thing like that that that's fine to me. Like he just kind of wants to get a little bit more meta with it, and I think like in a in a way it worked and I thought it was interesting. But I think my main thing, the main thing that I was disappointed in was just that there was not a satisfying ending to the story, you know? Yep. Maybe there wasn't supposed to be, but, like, it felt like there there was supposed to be just, like, some, some sort of ending. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like after, mm-hmm. after nine episodes of, like, being in that universe, we're not necessarily entitled to, like a satisfying wrap-up ending, but, like, I feel like we kind of deserve something better than what we got. It just felt like with, there I'm was with no point to hmm. the, th- what we've been, like, watching for the past few months. Right. Unless there's gonna be a season two where, like, things are wrapped up. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know.
0: I mean, y- you already said it. I-, I, It was already said that you know, he's, Jason Siegel says that, you know, this isn't the end of the story. This isn't how the whole thing wraps up. But isn't, but but isn't that
1: referring to, like, everybody, like, saying, uh, like, I am, I am you, or whatever?
0: Is it, it could be. It could be, like, a a personal thing. I, I, I think I sort of took it a little more literally, that, like, there could be details that are left on, you know, off the table that may be pertinent in a second season but i i look i honestly have thought and thought and thought about what i think a second season of this could look like and i have literally come down on zero confident answers i i i don't know i i it, what bothered me the most um was that i i felt that that some of these characters were unfulfilled i mean janice i already said Jan- I, I i saw her character arc I, I really didn't see Simone's character arc coming to completion. Neither did n- that of Fred Wins. Like I didn't, I didn't think I got enough out of those characters that I I cared about and wanted to know more about. And I, I feel like that's where the the block in the road comes for me. Is that like I need a little bit more. I I'm happy with what I got in in Janice and I guess in in Jason Siegel because it's ultimately his story arc. That's this is what the whole thing is a reflection of the whole Clara plot. Is you know a reflection of his life. Everything that sort of happens is a reflection of the time he played the game in San Francisco. But like, it almost makes you think like, what are the point of the what are the point of these other characters? I, I you know, you can't just sort of leave them with such loose ends. Right. I mean,
1: I kind of disagree in that like, oops. Kind of disagree in that like, um. We see that like there 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 definitely has been a change from like episode one Peter to episode nine peter like he's he's taking a step out of um his comfort zone, which was always like his issue, same thing with Simone right. we see that she's also like gone through some change, which I think is satisfying enough. Uh, to me, like they're they're taking the steps that they need to take to better themselves and better their lives, and I think that like that was well shown. Same thing with Fredwin. Fredwin like went through a huge, huge transformation too. Even if it was just like in the last few episodes that like it really stuck. True. Um, but I think that like what really bothered me was just there was no clear like satisfying ending on like the the mystery of it. You know, like mm-hmm. um. It just it just well, is, it just felt like right. it kind of like petered out a little bit,
0: right, well, we learned that the whole Clara plot, the whole reason that Clara was dead and died was because one of Jason Siegel's favorite things is spooky, yeah, that's like literally it that's all it 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 condensed down to he wrote a list of things he liked, said spooky was cool and surprises are cool, and that's why we had the whole Clara plot, the whole Clara plot is just like. Nothing, a, f- a fizzle, a fizzle out, even though that's, like, exactly what the whole show w- was about, the whole entirety of those nine episodes. Well,
1: I think, like, also, it's about, like, him, it's about Jason, so, like, each and every one of those characters were Jason in a way.
0: I guess, I, I-, I don't see how Fredwin is Jason.
1: Um... I don't. I don't either. It's not clear, but that's hmm. also, I think, probably just like something that he knows personally. That like that's an aspect of his uh, personality. That like, and I agree, they should have done. He, sure. he should have done a better job of like explaining that. But
0: exactly how they were connected, or what character traits they were supposed to, you know, revolve around. Right. Um, yeah, I I'm with you there.
1: But I mean, and I think that like if they kind of interwove like. Real life in with uh, the the what was happening in the story. I think they could have done a better job of like absolutely because that would have been a good twist. That would have been a really good twist, being like, "Oh, wait, that's not like reality. That's just like it, it, I mean, it is reality, but everything that was happening in the game wasn't like virtual reality or whatever. It was just a story. Because mm-hmm. that I think that like that sudden twist would have been like more well deserved, you know." yeah um.
0: uh angelo what's your take we we haven't heard what how you feel
1: <laughs> yeah i
2: i mean okay i after hearing everything that's been discussed and i mean i'm I'm in a boat where i'm semi happy but agree with some of the disappointments i definitely i definitely think that the the ninth episode could have been maybe polished to the point where we got more closure, I feel like we did get more, we did get, at least to me, I felt like we did get a good amount of closure for each character. For Fredwin, we end up seeing um, we end up seeing his closure and him finally understanding what has been going on for the past nine episodes. He understands that Lee is Clara and that the the game was just a depiction, and for him to finally understand that this that his problem and that his um I, I guess uh uh flaw that he's had has in a way been resolved with finding answers um even if that's mm-hmm. through deep deep self self isolation and deep self like reflection which he ends up doing when, in in his like comatose state in this blue void um for Simone, we end up seeing her confront her fears of um, someone not accepting her, and obviously we see the the relationship she has with Peter. Um, we see Janice uh, growing through her younger self and kind of moving on from her her isolated um, her isolated self before Lev was Lev passed. Um, so I, in that regard, I, I I definitely think that each each of those characters kind of closed for me in in a way but i feel like because the way that episode nine ended it could have been more satisfying and more not i don't want to say like i i they shouldn't have like immediately said okay this is it like i i think the way that they did it at least in my head uh, that i've been piecing together is that the way that you see peter walk away is that that we're going to assume that he's going to deal with his that he's going to deal with his problems on his own and i, I guess like in what i've kind of gathered was that nobody is whatever problems you have like nobody's necessarily special everybody can hurt you're not putting yourself on, don't put yourself on like an island of just like pain and suffering because that like, because you think that you're all alone um mm-hmm. they all made friends with each other and they've all learned from That's their true. they've all learned from their experiences with each other and that mm-hmm. they've all grown because of that and i think going into peter's story not just jason as as like reality zero or reality one whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. i mean jason's character or J. peter's character is a culmination of what jason kind of put himself into that script and we see Mm -hmm. Even if it's not a a word for word or an exact life experience that Peter and Jason went through together, we see, that's why I guess it pops into reality one where we see Jason um, Siegel going to AA and we see him dealing with the same, like, I mean, I guess the depression kind of falls hand in hand with the way that Peter was just describing his like void of nothing and his day to day life. So. I I feel like yes it it stretched in the fact that they they kind of explained it very hand-holdingly I guess and mm-hmm. I I mean I I did kind of like how they included the 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 big montage at the end where they all talk about I guess togetherness and and that you're not alone type of thing mm-hmm. and that like mm-hmm. that's kind of the whole point is that regardless of what you're going through mm-hmm. as long as you have someone to grow off your experiences it's nothing like, uh, it's nothing out of, out of like it's nothing special essentially, and that's kind of what I took mm-hmm. away. I mean, yes, I feel like they could have introduced this aspect of being like going super meta earlier on, and maybe like hinted at it, like you were saying, Andrew, and definitely yeah. not have just thrown it at us in the last episode. Because yeah, mm-hmm. it it didn't feel like the most satisfying ending. Granted, I do give Jason Siegel props for for throwing his entire like life story essentially at us agreed, and agreed. i f- I feel like he definitely took that big leap in trying to find himself and trying to get over get a, getting over the fact that he has been in this um creative rut for a long time, even if it's taking taking jobs that he didn't want to with how I met your mother and and muppets and i like who knows what he was going through during all those times and we don't we don't mm, that's true, we don't really know, and I mean it I guess it's more complex than we think because this is his story and he's telling it the way that he wants us to see it, but who knows what else he's going through and I guess his his depiction of showing all of these other characters flaws and that like they all have different flaws and and issues with themselves that that his isn't necessarily unique. It's everyone has their own problems and it's as long as we all band together it's kind of like we'll get through it. So, mm-hmm. I don't know, I, I'm definitely on, on the side of, I, I, I def, I'm not going to bash on the show just for the last episode. Yes, I loved the, the nine episodes, and I definitely appreciate, like, artistically what they did, and I think it was it, it was a fun ride. The tenth mm-hmm. episode, however, yes, it wasn't as satisfying, And but I, as a whole show, I would definitely say that it, it, it I, I, I don't know, it, it still could mm-hmm. tie up some loose ends. I, I don't know, I just... Yeah. Um it's I'm I'm in that weird place where it's like I I like it but mm-hmm. did I love it? I I don't know. Like it was Right. it it felt complete in some ways, but other ways it was like I don't know where to go. Like I I don't know. I I definitely wasn't expecting it to take a meta turn. But which, which is different and I haven't really experienced that in many other shows, which I find mm-hmm. pretty interesting. Like I thought that was thought that was a different artistic thing that not a lot of shows would take and um, who knows like honestly with the second season I just I don't know what like you were saying what possibilities they could come up with whether it's a totally different cast whether it's going off the 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 Jejeune Institute in some other way I, I really don't know but I feel like in in full um, yeah I, I I I don't
1: know I yeah. I Mm-hmm. I think what I really appreciated about the show is that like he set out to make something that he thought that he would like, and yeah, that's like you can definitely see that like it was just such a passion project for him, and I hope it like gave him as much joy as like it seemed to have you know um agreed, and because yeah. like he 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 isn't trying to be like um. Like sneaky or like he's not trying to like dupe us or anything like that. He was just he just set out to make a show that he thought would make him happy, and I pr- right. really appreciate that.
2: Yeah, right. I mean, I, like we got to give him props.
0: Yeah, for sure. I I don't want I don't want it to get misconstrued that I have like such a a you know uh, such vitriol against the the show. It, it is, and I'll, I'll you know call it for what it's worth. It it, it is a you know a groundbreaking type of of television show there there are not too many uh scripts that are are like this i mean the meta turn as Angela said i mean it, it it's happened before but it, it it certainly still took me by surprise um and you know the way that the whole story was told was definitely um definitely deserves to be be lauded there there were a lot of really good things and there's a reason that we came back to it every single week. So the only the only reason that I I feel so uh, disgruntled about certain things is I I just don't don't know how effective it, it was in the end of of wrapping up this story that I was ultimately compelled by for nine weeks. Um, but that happens, I, I, and you know you sort of got to take it for what it's worth. Uh, I still think uh, Jason Siegel did a really really fantastic job. In a very beautiful city that uh i re- I saw an article today in the uh Philly Voice that said that uh dispatches from elsewhere was the best representation of Philly since rocky pretty big claim there, but
1: I, I mean I think it's not a, I don't, it's not bad I don't know if that's true, but like i i mean definitely I, I I, like I, it's like a right. a white centric idea, but like <laughs> <laughs> this is true this is true uh yeah.
0: Yeah. I I mean, it was, but it was at the very least a, a, a decent look, at least, um, visually, if we take all the, if we take all the characters out, uh, it it was nice to look at, to look at the city and, and show off the, show off some of the, the, the beauty that it, it, you know, has tucked away in different places. Granted, we, we, we pointed this out way back before, but you're really only in Fishtown and Center City. Um, Rittenhouse Square too, yeah. but there's more. There's more to Philly. It's a. It's a. That that's a rather ambitious headline to say that it's. You know. Yeah, not a bigger deal. Not
1: once that they go to Kensington.
0: <laughs> nope, not quite. <laughs> uh, but I love my city, uh, and and I love you know that I could point at the screen and say, oh, I, I've been there. That 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 adds an adds a nice thing to me. Mm. But granted. Uh, maybe a maybe a bit of an a- a ambitious uh, ambitious headline there, yeah. but I think they did a they did a pretty good job, and it, you know there were some really really beautiful shots here, mm. and you got to take that for what it's worth. I
1: mean, it it definitely written. it did a lot of really cool things that I liked. Um, yeah. yeah, especially like towards the beginning when they're like switching subjectivities. I thought like the 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 mechanism that they used was really 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 well done. Um, Agreed. The uh, I think. Octavio, I think uh, uh, Richard E. Grant did a fantastic job. I thought he was awesome in the show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. Um, really, like I, I, I can't think of like w- one like performance that like I really disliked.
0: I agree, agree. Uh, well, uh, Milkman, I didn't like the Milkman because he was literally a throwaway character.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I think I think like overall it was just it was it was solid. Um, I definitely enjoyed it. I wish that they just kind of ended it I, I, a little bit better than they did, but
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean,
2: I, I guess the milkman not necessarily is a throwaway character. I think that he's he's just that temptation in the background. I mean. That's kind of like the whole point of, ah. I guess, the whole arc of the milk and being alcohol. Like it's just that entire time he's always he's he's always hidden somewhere hmm. in in their interactions. So it's I feel like his just his role is just to be there and and just be that little. I, I mean I don't know necessarily that tease. If, like I don't know, if, know necessarily if it's supposed to be only for Peter. But I mean even like when you see Janice and and Simone at the library, like he's there and he's watching just. Knowing that he's he's he has that temptation of, um, of whatever their problem may be, that it, it's like it could creep back at any time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's kind yeah, of yeah. No, I that's don't know an, if that's a that's
0: strike. an interesting spin on it though. I I I that gives me a lot better feeling than what I was thinking of as like who is this guy supposed to be? Yeah, because and like in in the last really episode anybody.
2: in the beginning, like when we see. Um, when we see that Clown Boy uh, auditioning, um, I wrote down um, in my mm-hmm. notes, because I remember when when we see the Clown Boy finish his act and Octavio is, is very impressed, um, they say, hey, would you like some, some chocolate milk? And they bring it out. And it is that milkman. And it's the same mm-hmm. exact milkman who has not aged at all. So to me, that was like, mm-hmm. hmm, maybe he's Nicole. he is like just a symbol. And he is just like, throughout this entire time, he has just been kind of... Sidelined to be that who knows right. like that symbol of
0: the that's
2: a really the good enabler or something that's so great, I don't
0: that's a great point
2: yeah, I don't know i mean i i definitely i feel like yeah like I, as far as performances, I don't really see like a like a weak performance i don't think i don't i don't know
0: yeah, i don't know I don't know, it's up to interpretation as is the whole story itself yeah.
2: yeah i and yeah that's just part of a, a part of a bigger bigger picture of what do you what do you want to interpret it as
1: yeah i i do really hope so, i do really hope that there's a second season because i enjoyed uh-huh. i enjoyed the world i enjoyed like the the mystery involved mm-hmm. and i think hey, that when you... like jason siegel has the ability to like write really interesting worlds um did you hear that I did. I did. <laughs> that was the trolley. <laughs> yeah, no, he has the ability to write like really interesting worlds. I just hope that like we continue the story and then it doesn't just end there.
0: I agree. So, uh, Angelo or uh, Andrew, one of you brought up before we started recording that um, if you're unfamiliar, the way that we like to close out a considering we this is the culmination of the entire show. Uh, we close out uh, proper pilot's guide episodes with uh, what I like to call uh, whether we believe the show is uh, clear for takeoff uh, or crash landing. Uh, For those unfamiliar, a a crash landing show would ultimately be a show that gets canceled before it reaches, um, reaches ultimate conclusion. So i.e. if you can think of any show that was like in the middle of what it was going for and then just sort of gets chopped uh that that would be a crash landing show and and for a clear for takeoff show that's ultimately where we believe that either the first season of the show if that if it's a limited series did it do everything that it was setting out to do or if it's a multiple series show which we don't really know what the show might be whether or not we believe that show is going to tell everything that it it wants to so ultimately i will start i'll start with you angelo do you believe this show is clear for takeoff and will continue or or is this an appropriate ending if this is how they wanted to put it um do you ultimately feel as if this show um set out to tell the story that it wanted to tell or that it has more to tell let's say
2: as as the story itself, and as we see these characters, Simone, Peter, Janice, and Fredwin, I feel like it has completed its journey. I, I don't mm. I don't foresee them making a second season with these characters. People may see that and, and see how they could create another another series or another season based off of their their growth and what they're doing now after after the game and how they they live as human, uh, just as 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 friends and, and, but as, as a show, I feel like put it this way in, in my opinion, I would say it's clear for takeoff, but it's, it was a bumpy, bumpy hmm. landing and could possibly take off and circle the city. Cause we don't know really what's going to happen after, after this season. We don't, I, I don't know necessarily the, the response that it got um, and the viewership. To see if it has enough to to be picked back up for a second season. I mean, it's on right. AMC, which, I mean, AMC doesn't. I I don't know how large of a following AMC has. Um, but I mean, who knows? I I think, but but as a show, as, as season one of Dispatches from Elsewhere, I I'd say it's it's
1: a clear for takeoff. Andrew, um, I I also think it's clear for takeoff. Uh, gran- granted, that's that's a very rough takeoff. It's uh, mm-hmm. a lot of turbulence. There's a crying baby. Um, yeah. The only in-flight movie is Sully. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's it, yeah. I mean, like for me, the I was really really disappointed in like how it ended, but I think that like the overall messaging was pretty on point, and I I enjoyed. I think um, I can't really like flack. I feel bad for like flacking it as as much as I did, just because of like mm-hmm. what the show like was supposed to be to Jason Segel. Uh, Agree. Um, but at the same time, like we're on the outside, we're consumers. We yep. Yep. We we do deserve a little bit more than what we got. But that that being said, like I still enjo- I really enjoyed the journey.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I'm gonna. I'll, I'll I'll keep that as a as a clear for takeoff. A very bumpy takeoff.
0: I gotcha. Um well my two cents uh i will dissent i i, I to me I, I believe the show um is ultimately a crash landing uh because i'm still convinced that there is an intention that i may be reading into a little too far that there's more story to be told about these characters i i was not convinced that this is how we wanted to wrap up the storyline uh between what was going on um and that ultimately, the problem in that is I am not convinced that, whether it wanted to or not, that the show has enough support to have a second season. Um, the numbers, uh, Angela, you were talking about the numbers. I I, I can't imagine they're great. Uh, the Twitter account is, is a very low follow account. Uh, they're constantly tweeting out, like spoilers of the episode, <laughs> I talked about that in the in you know previous episodes. Uh, I I don't mm. believe that the way that they're conveying this show is really giving anybody any reason to want to stick around. Now I've, I've seen a lot of positives um, on some of the tweets. A lot of people saying that this is a perfect show. Mm. That it, it, its ending was incredible. Um, but I've also seen dissenting dissenting opinions um i i it's it's a tough block i mean a 10 p.m block on amc granted is right after it was right after better call saul so i you wonder how you know that affected its viewership uh because people love that show 10 o'clock is a really uh, good
1: really really good uh time slot
0: is it a good time oh, slot? Absolutely. i always thought like i always yeah. thought like nine was the prime
1: eight eight to like 11 i think is like the the, the best of the best
0: Okay. Um okay. I
1: also what day did this come out? Monday? Monday? is like not great. I think the, the, yeah. the tops are usually like third, like Wednesday and Thursday are like the better the better nights mm-hmm. for television. Uh but right. it, it did get a good time slot.
0: Yeah. They I would really like to banked, check the numbers. They really
1: banked on on this show for them. Here's here's the thing. I'm I am i am actually on Rotten Tomatoes right now. I'm checking out the score. Mm-hmm. Have you seen these yet? Eighty four percent. Eighty four percent audience score, seventy four percent, which I thought was pretty interesting. Okay so critics so a little higher that means that the critics liked it more than the audience did i would assume probably for the same reasons we we enjoyed the show uh and <laughs> the reasons why we we thought it was lacking um but i thought i thought that was interesting i i kind of actually thought that it was gonna do a little bit worse than it did
0: yeah no it it, it reviewed pretty well i will admit um certified fresh but, certified fresh baby but uh, I don't know. I I, I just I, I just can't help but think that there there's a desire for more. And I mean, from from my you know little cursory search, it doesn't look like a, a second season is is in the works. I know it's a tough time for even mm-hmm. if they wanted to do that second season, uh, considering the way that uh, it is very difficult to shoot anything right now in the midst of a pandemic. But that certainly doesn't help the fact that if jason siegel says i got a second script let's do it again Mm -hmm. Uh, you know just because he does it doesn't mean it'll necessarily just because he writes it doesn't mean it'll necessarily come to to fruition right um so i think it's important that we take this for what it is yeah oh yeah yeah well that was a that was a journey that was a journey indeed boys uh thank you both for 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 going through this. Um and Angelo, I think it was ultimately you that that, that posed the the question at the very beginning uh to me to watch this show and, and I'm I'm very glad that uh that we watched it together. I, I like this. I, I tr in traditional sense, Pilot's Guide, the podcast, is a is a show about pilot episodes and this is the first time that we've done a full full series, mm. so it was nice to really break down the intricacies of, of a 10-episode run on a very interesting show to talk about.
2: <laughs> I don't want to run this on too much longer, but if I may ask both of you, do you think that you both have found slash understood nonchalance?
0: Yes, I would say yes. I would so.
1: say no. I still don't really understand <laughs> what it's talking about. I mean, I, no, you know what? I kind of do. It. I get it. I, I get it. Yeah, I get it. It's yeah. like it's the color blue. That's it. It's the color blue. It's it's pretty much on the nose. It's exactly what you would imagine it being.
0: Hmm. Hmm. You, Angelo, did you feel that?
2: I I think I found it. Yeah.
0: Good. <laughs> Good. We all we all did it. Our 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 pilot's guide to nonchalance. Hopefully that you listener uh, felt it too. Uh, and if you haven't been watching the show alongside and just been listening to the podcast, then uh, that's very. I can't imagine what your takes are on this on this whole show. You should probably go watch it. Uh, AMC's Dispatches from Elsewhere. Uh, boys, do you have anything that you would like to leave off uh, now that we've completed this this journey together? Um,
1: no, I just I wanted to say thank you for for having me. It's been it's been fun to 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 be on this side of the of the microphone this time. For sure. Even though even though yeah. it's been it's been kinda tough getting around the coronavirus. Uh we yeah. did intend to do this like face to face, which I'm sure would have been mm-hmm. uh a little bit better, a little more optimal. But you know what, you make do with what with what you got.
0: This is true.
2: Yeah. No, I mean I think that it was it was well worth it. Um this was definitely a fun segment of, of Pilot's Guide to to embark on and, and to possibly continue. And uh I think that who knows, maybe uh maybe we will do another one of these maybe talking about the documentary
0: oh, um, yeah yeah i i would certainly like to to check that out the institute on uh, amazon if you're unfamiliar that's what this uh, whole thing was based off of so i think that might be cool we won't we won't be doing it in two weeks uh but you know maybe when we have a little time off uh we'll well a time away from the show i should say we'll sit down and uh and break that down and have another chat, if that sounds good to me. It sounds good to yeah.
1: me. It'll be fun. I, I think we should also cool. whenever th- when all this is over, once once we're allowed outside again, we should go get a drink and celebrate this. This is fun.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll have our own
1: little rap party.
0: We'll we'll go yes, to the, our, our rap party. We'll go
1: to we'll go to the uh, the bar. the town bar, the baby. Fish town bar.
0: <laughs> yes. I like that. I like that a lot.
1: That's assuming so, it's even a real bar. That might have just been like... a... No, it, it is. It is. Oh, it it is. Not call, it's not called. It's not
2: called Fishtown Bar. I forget the name of it, but it's right off of Gerard. It's like right at the corner. Or it's. Hold on, I know exactly where it is because when when John and I when, when we walked around there, we 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 passed mm-hmm.
1: it. Yeah. Um, yep. Oh wait, is that like right right next to like Frankfurt Hall? Yes.
2: Yes. It's uh, like it's yep. like
1: right up the street from Frankfurt Hall. I think I know what you're talking about. It's got that big fish like sign yes, on that, it. Yep. I know exactly it. what mm-hmm. you're talking about. Wow. Yep. Well um, bad though. I didn't realize that was the same bar. about that?
2: Yeah, that was it. So we'll have to we'll have to take a, a drink over
0: there. That would be great. Um Well well then uh if 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 you guys got nothing else, uh, you know, I'll 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 plug the podcast proper. Uh for those listening that haven't listened to the regular pilot's guide, which is in the same podcast feed as this, uh that is a show I do with Angelo's brother Sean, uh reviewing pilot episodes of streaming service original T V shows. Uh, and we've got a whole mess of stuff coming. Uh, We're about to celebrate our 50th episode in uh, two weeks, so that'll be fun. Pretty nuts. Uh, Pretty nuts that we've made it this far. As far as what shows are coming out, uh, Little Fires uh, Everywhere, a show that I recorded uh, with Kristen, my fiancé. Very excited to uh, produce that uh, after this one. And then after that, we're going to get into uh one of the new Netflix anime's beast stars with my cousin Christian uh who has done a handful of other episodes and then it'll be episode 50 so stay tuned for that that'll be fun that'll be recapping uh the year plus in review of pilot's guide and how we felt about all these shows that we broke it down i'm going to get a bunch of people on the phone it'll be really cool um but anyway i thank you all for listening I'm Angelo and Andrew thank you so much for for being a part of this with me Mm -hmm. Um, if you want to reach out if you want to send us an email uh, pilotsguidepod at gmail.com you can connect with us on twitter as well uh, at pilotsguidepod on twitter Um, in the description of the episode you can find Angelo and Andrew's uh, at they are the producers of the podcast so if you have any production questions or you know you need their help on something they might be able to help you out with that They're very good at what they do. Um, Thank you for my sister, for the artwork uh, for the pod. Uh, And uh, thank you again, just, uh, you know, fifth time for everybody that's listened along the way. I really appreciate it.
2: And if you have any suggestions on what what we could possibly do another show on Mm -hmm. like this, Mm -hmm. uh, that that may be coming out in the future, um, definitely let us know. We're we're very open and, and willing to embark on another Another series like this um, and and and
1: have some fun right, for sure well, if you just have any other advice you'd like to give us uh, mm-hmm. fashion yeah, life fa- advice. fashion advice fashion yeah. mm-hmm.
0: just give us give us a shout maybe like a food that you liked mm-hmm. please I'm desperate <laughs> anyway boys let's land the uh, plane it's been it's been fun uh, as as we say uh, with every pilot's guide episode. I will leave you off with this, uh, audience and listeners and recorders alike. Uh, you may now feel free to roam about the cabin. It's been the final culminating episode of Pilot's Guide to We may be back We're talking about the institute, but anyway, thank you for listening, and uh, we will.